we had a nice little conversation with an old teammate yesterday, Thomas Vanek. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah. How's so he doing? Seems to be doing just fine. Yeah. Seems to be doing just fine. I had, so I had an encounter with uh, not an ex teammate, but an ex uh, rival. I was sitting, I was sitting in uh, Boca the other day having breakfast and at the country club and this, this good looking gentleman walks up to me and is like, I just want to say, so I just want to introduce myself to this, to this, to this man, you know, real honor. And he reaches his hand out and shakes my hand. I'm just looking at him. I'm looking at him. He doesn't say anything. Like he doesn't tell me who it is. And you know, I'm, I'm always kind of the, when, if I met him or not, I just, because all my concussions, I just don't remember. Right. He's got a beard, good looking guy younger and i said uh i said oh thank you tell us give us give us some hints before give us some hints after the year dialogue with him okay all right um little reddish beard was very um was very popular and brian campbell um mike keen and he had a reddish reddish um beard he is european uh he is of czech nature um czech Red yeah. red beard and he's he's Czech, kind of reddish beard. Yeah, um, and I'm telling you, one of the nicest guys I could have ever imagined. Right, and he was so polite, and he came up and how old you know, is not he? Many, he's probably forty four, forty three, forty four, forty three. Okay. How old are you, Riv? Uh, Forty-seven. Okay. Well, he's 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 our generation. I'm forty-two in May. What years did he play? Did you look him up? Very good hockey player. What very years did he play? Player. Well, he played during the late nineties and and into late two thousands, uh, like two thousand. I think he probably retired. I'm thinking he retired around. I got it. 14, no, you would have known this guy. It's not Hosa. Nope. Nope. But that, but the, but the, the start of the, the letter of the last name is the right. That means it starts with an H, Craig. That is correct. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I'm really drawing a blank on a red bearded Czech player. Yep. Okay, next hint. Yeah. Next, next you would hint. think that that would pop next up. Hint, right he, 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 he was a goal scorer. Carl Haglin. No, See, I said check. Oh, sorry. I, you know what? Details slipped my mind. Haglin, check. Was he an all-star? Yes. What? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I need, the I best, need, the, the, I need the, a the team. Number, the, number, the number one goaltender in all of wins in the National Hockey League shares his first name. Marty Havlat. Boom. Got it. Wow. You got it. Marty yeah, Havlat. I remember. Oh my yeah. God. He was like a sneaky goal scorer. I remember oh, we, God, we lost. Goal we lost to the Ottawa Senators one night. It was an 05 06, and then we lost 10 to 4. <laughs> okay. Oh, Jesus. He had yeah. four goals. He was because yeah. uh, he played in he's, Ottawa, he's right? Great. Great, yeah, great player. Like yeah. very nifty, extremely crafty. Um, 
Yeah, and you know what? I, and a good-looking guy. Like, you're right about that. Good He's looking, a good-looking good guy. guy. Good-looking guy. And he was, I'm telling you, and this is what I love about what he did. Most people or players or something, they wouldn't, they wouldn't come up to somebody having breakfast or eating and interrupt them to say hi and introduce themselves. And he did. And I, I thought that was the greatest thing because that's, Number one, it's 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 respectful. Number two, it's um, it's being kind and showing you know the the camaraderie between us as NHL players and all that stuff. Yeah. But he introduced himself to my wife and to uh, to my friend's wife, my my wife's friend, and I texted him after he left, and I said, I said, hey Marty, I, I have to apologize that I I didn't recognize you when I first saw you, and I'm, I'm embarrassed, but I wanted to say. Thank you so much for just coming up and saying hi. What a great guy you are. I'm calling you when I get back down here. We're going to play some golf. And he's like, let's do it. That's, that's, it, was, it was a really cool encounter, man. It was really so cool. So does he live down there now? Yeah, he lives in Boca. Yeah, he does. Yeah, with his family. So uh, it's, it a, was really cool. He had a good yeah. career. He had a, he had a really good career. Yeah, he did. Yeah, first round draft yeah. pick to the Ottawa Senators in 1999. He is 40 years old, JR. 40. Okay. Yep. yep. 790 games in the National Hockey League with 242 goals, 594 points. So very not bad uh, career, man. Really not solid. a bad career. Yeah, that's, not a, a, bad that's career. a really good career. Yeah. So uh yeah. I said to Riv today, right, I so said, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, so you, so you said you had a good conversation uh, yesterday. Yeah. I want to hear about it. I want to hear about it. No, we just, you know, we went down uh, memory lane with him. Just, you know, Vanner was, uh, he was just, he, he was such a good guy. And he was, you know, one, like one of the things that I, when I think about Thomas Vanek is I actually feel sorry for him. I mean, you don't feel sorry for a guy that gets a $50 million offer sheet, but it's yeah. not even, it's not that I like it. It's everything I remember about his time in Buffalo and how hard Lindy Ruff was on him. And that was one of the, we had that conversation right out of the gate with him. Like it was so bad with Lindy and Thomas that Riv actually had to intervene and go and have a conversation with Lindy and say like, Hey, you got to lay off our, wow. our, our players here. These are our best players. I didn't know that Riv did that. It might've been wasn't after even, it wasn't even for Thomas's sake. I'm not kidding you. I hate really? I'm not kidding you when I say this. I, I did it because like I literally could not listen to it one more one more video of them completely destroying every part of Thomas's game. And I'm gonna tell you this. I remember I remember Derek Roy being almost the same. And uh, I understand, I really do understand what Lindy and the coaching staff was trying to do. He, his thought, I, and I can't, I can't speak for Lindy, but his thought was if you can keep the best players accountable and be the hardest on the best players, everybody else will fall in line. And that's usually what happens. It just got to the point where you could see that Thomas and and Derek Roy, Roy's a little bit different because Roy was so aloof. Like, I mean, his head was in the clouds half the time. If we had to be there at 930, he showed up at 930. He was never early. You know, he he he's a kid. He was literally like a little boy. 
I don't yeah. think he ate breakfast and all the time that I, I played with him. Like he was just kind of like that kid that just was super insanely talented and just lived off, lived off the, his skill set. But Thomas was a professional. Like he, he cared, but he also had very thick skin. And it just got to the point where you could see the mood of Tomic, Thomas was starting to erode you know, his, that positive attitude. He was getting broken he, down. Yeah. yeah. He was getting broken down at, 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 and you could see the attitude was starting to change a little bit. And, uh, you know, for me, it's, you know, I just, I had to kind of at least go have a very simple short conversation with Lindy to that, say, listen, that's, I'm, that's why, that's why you had a, that's why you had a letter on your shirt. Yeah. I don't that's even know. If it, I don't even letter. know if it was about that. I think everybody, Fuck yeah. I think, I think everybody felt the same did. though. Yeah, but not many people would step up and go go to bat, and yeah. that's what made made you a great teammate. And PD, I think you'll agree with me. That's 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 honorable, man. That's awesome. And I I'm tell you an you awesome that. riff story about being a teammate. And I'm not trying to make Craig uncomfortable. And I this this one, this one is in a way for me. It's like I like it's okay. So someone asked me one time. They're like, "What is it about Riv that that?" you admire the most because clearly I have so much respect for this guy. Right. Yeah. And yeah. like so much so that I quit my job to come and do a podcast with him. <laughs> <laughs> no, we ride on. Hey, we're Thelma and Louise, baby. We ride right yeah. off the cliff together. No, listen, but this is dumb was, and dumber. We, well, there's that too. <laughs> we're really doing it, Harry. Um, but JR, you know, it's like, like as soon as Riv got to our team, like he, he's an easy guy to gravitate to it, it. Like I did not want to warm up to him because when he was traded to our team, I literally want, I, my plan was to go to training camp and fight him. Okay. As soon as he got traded to our team, cause that's just past shit. That was when he was within Montreal that clearly I wasn't mature enough to get over. But anyway, so I'll fast forward. We had a game against St. Louis in Buffalo. And I hadn't played in a couple few games, whatever might've been five, could have been 10, might've been two. I don't remember. I hadn't played and I was getting back in the lineup as my last year of my contract. And I didn't do this because it was the last year of my contract, but we had, our team had been struggling and they had two really tough guys in their lineup. They had David Kosey, who was six, six, two forty, And they had cam Jansen, who was six, one, two twenty five, and every, more than anyone can handle. Okay. Like as gamer as they get. And I went out and I remember like, I knew one of them were going to ask me to fight, but I would, I knew I was going to fight at least one of them, maybe both of them, but who knew? Right. So I go out and I, I, I end up fighting Kosi early in the game. I'm like, let's start with the biggest guy. So I went and I fight Kosi, whatever, it, you know, it was a, it was a fight and you know, we go to the box and I don't know, there's, that was like four or five minutes into the first period. I come out of the box and then about six minutes left to go in the first period. Jansen finds me same period. So I end up fighting twice in this, in the, in, in the first period, like two long fights. Okay. Which, which Jansen, which Cam Jansen? Jansen, Cam. Okay. Oh, tough, tough little bugger, Yeah, You're man. thinking Mark Jansen's, but he was out of the league, but he was super tough too. Were you thinking Mark? Mark, Mark Jansen is, is probably my, my most, um, uh, the one thing in my hockey career, maybe in my, in, in my, in my life that, um, that happened between me and him that I'd want to take back. 
Okay, hang on to that thought. I, I, I want to hear that. I want to hear that. But this, this is this isn't about me. This is about Riv, and you you want to talk about leadership. So, our, I could sense toward the end of my time in Buffalo that even players on the on the team had got had grown tired of the stage fighting. Okay, of like watching a guy go out and fight and disrupt the game or whatever, right? And, and a lot of them didn't even understand what it took to go out and get into a fight. Okay. <clears throat> but that's me. That's my observation. But anyway, we go into the locker room and I'm so exhausted on the ice on my way to the penalty box that I, I can't even focus on what the team and the bench is doing. We go into the locker room and everyone's kind of flat. I can't remember the score of the game. And I just remember Riv comes, comes walking in, kind of dragging his stick behind him, almost like lifeless. Okay. And, he, and he's just, you know, everyone's kind of quiet in the locker room. In comes our captain and he just, he, he puts his stick on the rack and he comes in and he throws his helmet in the stall. Craig, and I know you remember this. He throws his helmet in the stall, throws his gloves in the stall, and he turns around and he goes, does anyone have any fucking idea how fucking hard of a job that was what Petey just did? Does anybody, do you, do you, do you, do you, do you? And he went around to so many guys in the team that literally their gloves were glued on. Okay. Yeah. Like every single night. Do any of you have any idea? I was looking around and you're all just fucking sitting there like no, like the guy just went out and fought two of the toughest guys and you, you don't do anything. You don't bang your sticks. You don't stand up. And I'm like, Oh my God. Oh, like, yep. and he fucking lost it. Then he That's went into the, tra- then he went into the training room. And all of a sudden, all the guys on the team start coming up to me <laughs> like, like, oh, great job, Petey. Great job. You know what I mean? <laughs> great job. And I, and I was kind of like, oh, my God. But for me, it wasn't even it, it wasn't that he did that for me. It was that he just did that. Do you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it's like even even if Adam Mare fought and like I stood up or two guys stood up, it's like, where the fuck are our, are our guys yeah. that are? You know, our support system that at least appreciate and respect what yeah. we're doing around here. You know what I mean? Doesn't Petey does not surprise me a bit because I've played with a lot of guys and not with it's, 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 it's let's blow, let's blow, blow up Riv Day today, but it's, it, it's deserved. Not many people that I've ever played with care about the team more than Riv. Like, you are talking I don't, about I don't know about that. Yeah. I appreciate all oh, the you, words this uh, morning, riff, 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 Holy riff, jumping. Riff, riff. You, hey, you know it. You're fucking real, and you, your team guy always have been, and it's little things. Because Riv is right, Petey. The little things. If you can't fucking stand up and cheer for a guy that went to battle for you, how are you going to expect him to battle back and battle for, for you? It's just it's and I'm doing it. To, little, I'm doing it to try to wake up the team yeah. and none of them, and like as but, great. It's but great. you know but it's the, great. That's how I'll, it should be. But I want to get to your Cam Jansen story, but I'll just end it on this. Yeah, Riv, you were a great leader, but I still didn't vote for you for captain that year. <laughs> that was so I'll tell you I'll tell you I'll tell you my Mark Jansen story. I'll tell you my Mark Jansen story. So he's playing for Anaheim, I'm playing for Phoenix. And, um, he was a shit disturber. He was a tough guy to play against. You know, he's a, he was a big, strong centerman. And, um, 
and he, we always seemed to battle back and forth and, um, he got in my face one time and, um, he really, he was really getting under my skin and I had one of those out of, out of mind, out of, out of body experiences where I just, I absolutely lost my mind in a scrum where we were face to face. And, and I will admit it. I did a little, little spit in his face, a little spat in his face and he lost it. And, you know, he, we, we started fighting again and all that stuff. And, you know, again, one of the things I wish I would, I've never done in my lifetime was fucking embarrassed to shit that I did it. And a month and a half later, he gets traded to our team at trade deadline. And he comes into the locker room and I'm like, Oh, like not, I, I already felt demoralized and, and embarrassed. I did. Now he's my teammate. Right. And, um, I know one of the first things I did is I went up to him and totally apologized, said how it's totally unacceptable. And, you know, I had an out of body experience and he was cool about it. And I, I, we were never close, but he was, or or got to be friends, but he, he, he said, you know, no problem. I know what it's like. And, you know, we're teammates now let's do what we have to do. But, um, yeah, it's just, it was that when you, when you brought up Jansen's, that just brings up so many bad memories of, of my, of my, in my career that if I could take back many things, that's, that would be in the top three of my life that I would take back. So Mark chances, if you're watching this podcast, I'm apologizing again. Yeah. <laughs> he was super tough too, wasn't he? He was tough, man. Yeah. Was he like he six was, six or six five or something? Was he that like big? Six 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 four, six five, easy. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. Big, yeah. big strapping guy, man. Yeah. Good defensive I'm, player. I am ninety-nine percent sure my brother played with him in the minors at yeah. the end of his career. I'm like hey, speaking of speaking speaking of fighting, guys, I want to ask you this question. Um, because I just got offered an opportunity to get involved in this new um kind of a new hockey venture that is starting uh, up in Canada this year. And these guys that are putting it together have had, had this idea for a long time and PD, I'm interested maybe a little bit more than Riv to get your opinion about this. Cause you were, a, you were a tough guy and fighter. So the, the premise of this whole show is, is hockey fights, hockey fighters, kind of UFC style on ice. So it's literally just guys going out in the center ice and having a UFC style fight on the ice. And it's called, um, hockey enforcers, black and blue. It's on YouTube. You guys can see like a little uh, preview of what they're trying to do, but they're, they're trying to capitalize on the fact that hockey has kind of gotten rid of what most people enjoy in a game. And that's the fights. UFC is as popular as, as any, any martial arts sport or physical sport in the world, pay-per-view, everything like that. And I, I think they're trying to capitalize on, on one of the coolest things in sports, which is a hockey fight and one of the most popular sports in the world in UFC and combining it together, uh, into a, uh, a hockey fights show. Now it's pretty interesting. And it, they already have uh, direct TV that are going to, that are going to be they, a partner. They did this once before. Um, they had a, well, they did it back. They, they did it back in 2006. Once. Yes. 
Yes. And then, and then a couple things happened that it, it, something happened with the, with the creators of the idea of the show and it wasn't, it, it didn't go financially or whatever, but they've been working on it since. And they have, they're having two shows actually this year. Um, actually in the first show, if you go on YouTube and watch it, hockey, it's hockey enforcers, black and blue. One of the first fights in the whole thing is link gates. Yeah. Link gates was in the last one too. Yeah. Yeah. So link gates was part of that show, but, um, they're redoing it all. They're rebranding it all. And, uh, asked me if I wanted to be a part of it. You know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of interested only because, you know, I, I do love the fighting and the aspect of hockey. I do love the fact that direct TV, I mean, um, a pay-per-view is going to be a part of it. And I'm a big UFC fan, but what do you think? Do you think that some, something like that will fly? Do I think something like that will fly? I, I do. I do. I think people, there are, there are hockey fans and we have this conversation all the time. We've, uh, we've tweeted about, I've tweeted about fighting in hockey and, and do they, do we need it? There was a heavyweight bout. I think it was McDermott and uh, Reeves not long ago. I'm like, do we really yeah. need this? And the amount of responses I got, I must've got a couple hundred responses, you know, and, really? and yeah. And people love it. Love it. Yeah, do. And oh, it depends on who you are. Yeah, well, I don't, and, I, and I'll just, I, I'll give you, I'll give you my quick opinion. I looked up that, uh, it, it was back in what? 2000, 2006, 2006, 2006, 2007. I'm watching it right now. It's basically two guys in a very small arena. Okay. Like a small yeah. ice arena. And yeah. you go and you two guys go into the center ice and basically have a hockey fight. And for me, this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is absolutely it is it is ridiculous yeah. but opinion, it, it will it's sell actually, it's it's and the question yeah. isn't is it ridiculous yeah. ultimate I don't fighting think is ridiculous boxing to me is ridiculous i don't think fighting is ridiculous and i fought for a living so yeah no, i, I get it, what no you, it's it's good it, it's good input i and you gotta I, understand I like, there's I no like, hockey yeah. players like i'm looking at the guys that are here and so, i'm looking at so i've watched three or four fights right now already these guys are enormous. They're very big. They're obviously 250, 260, 270 plus. They're all very thick, very big, but these guys can't even stand up. They literally cannot even stand up. No, this is not, not hockey. hockey. I'm talking about hockey, hockey players. Fight. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, well, why are we putting the name hockey beside it? Why wouldn't you just... Because they, they're going to be on skates, well, right, JR? Of, no, all, well, that, all, that's all not hockey them, because you're them, standing on th- skates. No, but all of them have played organized hockey, if not some sort of minor league hockey or Canadian minor league hockey. So it's not like, but they, they just weren't good enough to do. But the difference, you know, what we did. Why right? have you ever heard of the, uh, the Quebec? Um, yeah. That, yeah, that the, league, yeah. The uh, men's league. The men's, men's league. league. Yeah. It is essentially this. They are paid to fight. They are paid yeah. money to go out every single game and entertain the 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 two thousand people that show up to the games, it's horrendously bad hockey, but there's yeah. minimum ten fights a game. Okay, the, the fan base that wants that is going to those games. It's horrendous yeah. hockey. It's not even hockey. Yeah. Okay, but I'm I'm looking have, at these but, guys. But, I'm like, but we these have guys to but we are, have to take we have to take the hockey aspect out of it because what this is doing is capitalizing on the one aspect 
of hockey that people, most people, I think, and, and, and traditional enthusiasts of the game really enjoyed when it broke out. And I wonder how many people kind of stopped watching the game recently because the fighting has decreased or exited the game. I mean, it's, just it's, the physicality it's, it's, alone, because the physicality leads with one that you have the other. The, the lack of physicality in the game today has has also led to less fighting. But I, I'll say this, Craig. Yes, the fights that maybe I got into were a part of a game, but it wasn't part of the game. I mean, like when I went and squared off with Gabe David Cosey that night, it literally had nothing to do with the game. It was, it was the game within the game within the game, you know, where okay. it's the, your team has been losing and your team is flat. So go Me. and go and do something to try to get them going where in reality, these are million dollar athletes. They shouldn't need me to go out and fight to get them going. So you you're know, when part I, when, of, you're a part of uh, the, the business of entertainment. Now this here, this is an embarrassment. Okay. This is my opinion. I will not watch one episode of this. You and what you did tend you forget because I think you forget a lot of times. You were a second round goddamn draft pick. Yes, but I'm talking about oh, how, yes, how yes, I was used I in the game. Player. Yes, you were. You were a very good hockey player. And you sit there and you put yourself down. No, 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 I'm not putting myself nuts. down. I'm not. I, I haven't. I haven't forgotten that. What I'm saying is, we're talking about strictly the fighting, right? Strictly the fighting, not, not the skill that each of these players has. It's the ability to stand there on skates and fight. Like that's quite an art. It's yeah. it's it's quite an art. I mean, it is an art. I, so the one in 06 is Tidomi just a fighter? Is he defined by fighting? No, God, no, no absolutely okay. not. What about no. what about no. uh, Bob Probert? Arguably nope. the best enforcer of the game. Scored 30, you know, 30 I know, some odd goals. I know a guy like uh, Stu Grimson, the Grim Reaper that skated around and scared the bejesus out of But he could skate. He could. Yeah, he he could played play. a role. Like, there was players and yourself, Petey. Like, your hands. I remember practicing with you here in Buffalo. Your hands were unbelievable. Your shot was insane. You were put in a position where you were only there for one reason under, under the regime of what you were there in, in Buffalo. If you oh, would have been on another down a Lindy team, rough rabbit hole here, JR. You could have been on another team and played as a third line left winger, a, a yeah, guy that. So let's, can let's, I, can I, hey, you, you know, you, you made a little reference to Stu Grimson and it, it kind of goes back to what you're saying. Stu Grimson hated his job. He loved being in the National Hockey League. He loved doing everything with the team. He was a great teammate, but he hated his role. Yeah. To with a passion. I remember I remember Stu before every game, especially when we're playing St. Louis, Detroit, Minnesota, back in the old, you know, in the old uh, you know, 21 league, uh, 21 team league where it is the Norris division, where it was like the Chuck Norris division, where every game against inner rival inner division rival was like a bloodbath. And I remember Stu every game that we were playing, he was so nervous and just, he was just not the same bubbly fun guy, you know, cause Stu is very religious and, you know, very God faring and doesn't like, the, he wouldn't step on an ant if he was walking down the street. And I remember, I remember there was one night where so, something happened to me and um, I, you can just see Stu's face, Stu on the bench, just like, like this. 
you know, like, oh, shit. And there he goes, gets the tap on the shoulder. Stu, you know, Keenan taps Stu on the shoulder. Stu goes over the bench and uh, goes up, you know, sets up at the, at the, at the face-off circle and says to, to the, the third tough guy, um, we, have to, we, we have to fight now, okay? <laughs> like asking them, we have, we have to fight now. And the guy's like, okay. So they square off and they fight and fight. And after they're done, they get into the, into the penalty box and Stu goes, Hey man, I'm really sorry about that. Are you okay? I, I, I'm sorry. He would literally <laughs> apologize and ask the guy if he was okay in the penalty box because he just, he just hated having to go fight. That's how wonderful a man Stu Grimson is, but he, he did his job and he did his job honorably and made sure that he ended it with the, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like when I, when I look at this, I'm like Ian LaPerriere. You remember Ian LaPerriere, right? Love, love, like, love. What Ian. kind of player was he? Fucking heart and soul, grit in your face, would fight anybody, block any yep. shot, sacrifice his body. Scored for a few anybody. goals here and there. I mean, yeah, but, uh, yeah. an overall Chipped block in. shot. Didn't he block a shot with his head and like yes. have a serious injury? With his face. With his face. What about Matthew Barnaby? And his career. Matthew Barnaby. Again, is another, he a good hockey player? Ch- he's a great hockey he's player. He's a good hockey player. Yes. yes, very good hockey player. What about and Kelly Buckberger? You know him better than anybody, JR. Kelly Buckberger. Awesome. You want to talk about a guy who, again, did anything he had to do, was tough as nails, would challenge you in the locker room, challenge you on the ice, would fight anyone for any reason. If anything happened to one of his players of any nature, yes, you know that Buckberger would be that first guy. Let me add a few face. more there, JR. Are these guys on the fight card, Riv? That's what just I want listen, to know. Listen, just, oh. just be quiet. Give me two <laughs> minutes, okay? Just be quiet. Yeah. Basil McRae. Oh yeah. Joey Kosher. Yeah. Are these Joey hockey Kosher. players? Are they Joey, fighters? Jo- Joey Kosher can't even straighten his hands out anymore because of how many times that he's fought. You want to talk okay. about a little but jack, is, jackhammer. Was he a player? Could he play the player. game? Was, yeah. was yes, he there, he had a role way above and beyond just being a fighter. Correct. Correct. Yes, for sure. He what about Donald Brashear? He's not, they're not liabilities on the ice when they're on the ice. Donald Brashear. Well, I was scored 20 plus goals in this league, right? Brash was my, uh, was my locker room mate in, um, in Philly. And we sat next to each other and that guy could play the game. Tough as nails. Great teammate. Yeah. He, he, he could play. What about Marty? He would would play eight. Is he a good player? Or was he, he just was a, a very, fighter? Marty McSorley was a great very player. Good player. Oh, he was a great very player. Good. Okay, thanks very for waking up, Petey. He was a great yeah. player. What about Rob Ray? He was just a fighter, though, right? He's a very good player. Although he's a this very is good a, player. Uh, we don't talk about Rob Ray with JR. Hey, he's a <laughs> heck of they, a player. That's one thing. He's I a heck of a player, whether uh, JR I'll likes give you him this. or not. I'll give, I'll, give, I'll give you this about Rob Ray. I hear from everybody that played with, with, with Razor, that he's an amazing guy, great teammate, that he's super, super down to earth and just pure heart and soul. Yep. It might be true. Yep. Might be true. I'm not taking that away from him. Me personally, for personal experience, I think he's a fucking asshole and I, I don't, I don't care for him at all, but I do love and appreciate that his teammates talk about him the way they do. Incredible, incredible player. Was tough as nails. 
Oh, there's Bob one Prober. guy. Hold, hold on, Prober. there's one guy. Hold on, there's one guy that played for Ottawa. What's his name? Just retired a couple years ago. Chris um, Neal. Chris Neal, another really good one. You want to talk about a tough guy that can play the game? That's another guy I have a lot of respect for, Chris yeah, Neal. Good, good was, call by you. He well, awesome. he's listen. He he's on the list. Okay, he's 18th. And when you look at Bob Probert, was he, he, he the greatest enforcer? As far as I'm concerned, the greatest enforcer yep. in the game. Yep, scored 30 goals. 30 goals. Yep. So these are all the mutt bags, Petey, that uh, you know that fought. More oh, than oh, anybody mutt bags. in the National Why you so, Did I say anything about mutt bags, yeah, Jr.? Because I, well, you're 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 kind of alluding to you know the the what these guys do no, in the no, game. Yeah, no, okay. but you no, know I but, JR, I, but I didn't no, say but, anything. But, but, you know what? what? You are the Sultan of Spin, and you can make anyone look like an asshole. I didn't say anything about anything like this. These so, guys are all so good this, players. So Rim, I can Rim, give you a different list. You this is what you have to do with a, with a venture like this is you have to detach yourself from the actual love of the game that, that you and I have, right. The actual beauty of the sport and take the most controversial part of the sport that people really love. And when I say controversial, controversial is really what gets attention in pretty much everything. That's why the media is a bunch of fucking assholes because they only do negative controversial shit. So it's taking a controversial part of one of the greatest sports in the world and trying to capitalize on it to create entertainment. And maybe it's dumb entertainment. Maybe it's mindless entertainment, but I just think there's a lot of people that would just, they would, they would turn the television on and watch hockey fights for an hour. Lots lots of people. What happened with our game, it was very simple. When I came in in 94, or 94, 95 season was my very first year. Um, you know, I, I saw the enforcers, okay? I knew who they were. The Rob Rays, you know, Rob Ray was six feet tall and he was 215 pounds. He was one of the toughest in the league. Then you may have had the bigger guys, the big, big guys, that was like a Stu Grimson, who is what, 6'4", but he was about 225 pounds, okay? Then all of a sudden, you, you moved the, the, the needle for enforcers to like mid-2000s. They were 6'6", six 6'7". Six, six they were 260 pounds, 270 pounds. Those were the guys that were coming into the league guys that essentially could not play the game. What I'm trying to say is I just listed a whole, the top fighters, the top fighters, the amount of fights they've had in NHL history. I just named like 15 of them and the top 15 are really, really good hockey players. Yes, they're going to be known for their fighting. Ty Domi is going to be known as an enforcer with Probert and and all these guys. They're going to be known as enforcers, but they were incredible hockey players. That was that that their game was much, much bigger than just their fighting. But when we hit the mid 2000s, the game went in the wrong direction. The game now was bringing in players that were guys were six 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 seven two fifty two sixty two seventy, and 
what they did, you know what they did, you know, when they went home for, for, for training in the summer, where most guys in the National Hockey League back in the day, JR, when you went home, you lifted weights, okay? But you yeah, were also on the, the ice working on your skills. Yeah. You're working on your track. Okay. You were working on the ice stuff. You had to get better, yep. quicker, faster, working on all those things. These guys in the mid-2000s. I was in a boxing like, ring working, like, on, uh, working on a more effective yeah. punch. Exactly. That's not, you, tra- that's not you. training for the game of hockey. That's no. training yeah. for your fight. Right. And that's well, where the I game went you, wrong. Right. Okay. I bet, you between, I, bet you be, I bet you between the three of us, I bet you between the three of us, we have fought probably the toughest, the toughest players that played in our, in our generation. Right. Oh, so well, if you name some of the guys, if you, hey, Rim, if you, if you name off some of the guys that you fought, Petey, the ones that I fought, I bet you we can pull out some crazy names. I'm, I fought Martin McSorley twice. Bob Probert fought me. I didn't really fight Bob Probert because I just survived. Craig Berube. I fought Craig Berube, which was a, 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 another disaster for me, but I did it. And my best fight ever was with Scott Walker. You guys remember Scott oh, Walker? My, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That little fucking, that little fucking, like, fire hydrant, strong as a bull. Yeah. And look up, look up my fight, Ronick versus Walker on YouTube. Okay. Now you want to see him. You want to see a fun fight for a goal scorer. Dude, yeah. this guy could take a fucking, this guy could take a punch. It was epic. And I sat in that penalty box and I'm like, yeah, man. Yeah, I didn't go down. Good fight, Scotty. And I'm like, I'm sitting there going, what the hell is wrong with me? Well, if like, you fought, if you fought Probert, you know, and if none of us fought twist then we probably left off the toughest guy, but after that, you know, I mean, you know, one of us has LaRock <laughs> one of us I, has Bugard. I fought, I fought Darren, Darren Kimball, Kelly chase at the same time. I got my ass. Yeah. Kicked. My yeah. Ass that's not good. JR. No, no, it's not good at all. But you know, I hit Bobby Basson so hard. I think I think his 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 head came down to the bottom of his shirt, and and I was always a belief if you're going to play like that, you're going to hit somebody that hard, and you're gonna, then you better stand up and and take what's coming at you. And next thing you know, Chaser and Kimball come off the bench, come right after me, and and I I swung as many times as I could, and I just got tattooed, but. Um, I didn't turtle, dropped my gloves and went after him, but I paid the price. Oh, I'm and watching that's, your that's, fight now with, uh, with Walker. Yeah, it's a good bout, man. It's a good Again, bout. It, what, oh, we're, he we're got you a couple about, times. Oh, oh. Dude, he caught, he caught me with a right at the end of that. I mean, right to the jaw at the end of that fight. And you I'm took like, a few oh. in this one, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I didn't go down, man. It I can't like, believe you're on your feet. And more importantly, your hair looks fucking great. <laughs> Doesn't it great? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so, so back to your, back to your thought. I mean, yes. Do I think it'll work? I, I do. I don't know how long it would work, but I, I definitely think that people are longing for that kind of thing for sure. For sure. But the thing that happened with that one in 06, cause I remember I rented it. I paid for it on pay-per-view. I wanted to see it. I think it was 06. It was either 05 or 06, but I remember the summer that they did it. And there was like, you know, so, a whole bunch going on with the, 
the the province. I, I think they wanted to do it in Quebec, but then they had to move it. I think they had to move it out to Saskatchewan because of like fighting laws and stuff and insurance yeah. and all that. But um, but I just I remember I watched it and I think they made the guys wear gloves or something like that. Like the yeah the, they did yeah they do the yeah, UFC yeah, do. gloves or whatever. But uh, yeah, um, I think people would definitely pay to see that. I mean, we'll look at this. Well, Logan Paul. I, agree, I disagree with you, Paul guy. I disagree. See, I love that. I see. I love that. So that's why I asked you guys because I wanted to get both of you guys' opinions. I respect it. I think but hockey anyway. fans. I think hockey fans um, enjoy the altercations on the ice. Okay. But I don't think they're going to support this. I think it's yeah. going to well, be very, be, very short lived. Well, I think right. you can get you one. Want, you can you get a few out of, out of You know, like you look what at is, Sam Reinhardt the is, other day. What is, what Sam Reinhardt never fought about? once in his time here in Buffalo. Yeah. One of his teammates yeah. gets run. Okay, takes a takes a dirty hit. I think it was uh, Marchman, and Marchman. Sam yep. immediately comes in, drops yeah. the gloves, and has has a boat with a, with a guy. And I'm yeah. like, this is what I am talking about. It's, it's yeah, about yeah. sticking up for your teammates. It's, it's through a, a split second um, choice of going after the guy who hit your, your player dirty. It's about the emotion part of it. I don't want to sit there and flick on a TV and watch two, two, and I'm not even going to call them hockey players because they're not hockey players. They're not hockey players at all. So why would we put hockey in front of it? It's just like two guys standing on skates that are 260. Ice pounds. fighting. Call it ice fighting. Ice fighting. There. Can't <laughs> yeah. call it hockey. All right. So, all right. so what's, ha- what's, ha- what's happening in the game? What, like what's happening right now that's, 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 that's floating your guys' boat right now? Well, or, I, or if, if anything. Well, I wanted, I, I'll tell you what I wanted to, uh, I mean, I'm watching the Leafs a lot. I watch the Leafs a lot. And, you know, they lost to St. Louis. I think it was six, three. They lost to Montreal five to two. It was five, nothing. And, um, you know, I don't know if you guys saw Muzzin got the Muzzin collided and he, he was out cold on the ice, but, uh, so he's probably going to be out for a bit, but, and then they lost last night in overtime to, um, Columbus and pesty team. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. so I guess my question is what happens in Toronto this year? if they don't get past the first round, because that's all they're talking about in Toronto. When I'm up in Canada, it's the dreaded first round. I mean, is Keith gone? Is uh, uh Dubis gone? I mean, like, how does this all play out? It, you know, like what's Shanahan going to do if they, if they definitely, definitely a coaching change. If they don't make, if they don't win the first round, that's for sure. Because you can't have that much, that much talent and have a payroll that large and have a coach not be able to manage it and get them to play. Um, Where's the weakness, JR? Where's the weakness on this team? Their defense, their defense is, their defense is terrible on, on both sides, on both sides of, of the ice. And I'm saying their, their offense with the exception of a couple players don't come back to support their defense. They leave their defense out to dry and the defense don't, they don't think smart enough, make good enough plays to support their goaltender. And defensively, this team, and to tell you the truth, they're, they're soft. Whenever they play a tough team that works and battles and finishes all their checks and is frustrating to play against, they get pushed out. They get pushed out of hockey games. Okay, let me, you know? let me, let me uh, go another, another way because I'd love this conversation 
Um, because, you know, here in Buffalo, we're, we're obviously because our team is going through a transitional period, we get to uh, at least want to watch some teams that are highly competitive. Um, and we look across the border, right? If you're, if you're in a situation with Toronto this year, and they're doing exceptionally well during the year again, they have 77 points, they're doing very well. If they don't make it past the first round, Yes, I understand. The coach is going to be gone, right? I think we can all agree on that. But it, tell me, who are you moving out? There has to be a change. Has to be. Is it going to be Austin Matthews? I wouldn't think so. William Nylander, John Tavares, Mitch Marner. Which one of these guys would you move to basically change somewhat the culture there? I'd change Mitch Marner. I'd send Mitch Marner somewhere or Nylander. You're, you're not going to be able to get enough uh, for, for Tavares because of the contract and his age. Uh, no, you're not getting anywhere near getting rid of Austin Matthews. Austin, the only way Austin Matthews leaves is through free agency. Yeah. Um, that, those are really the, I would get rid of Riley. I think Riley's really overrate. I think he's overrated to tell you the truth. I mean, he's a good player, but I don't, I don't see him. I don't see him being the, the type of player that, especially on, on all around. I mean, he's pretty good offensively defensively. He's okay, but not to the level that he's, that he's paid at. He's got 43 points, six goals in 50 games. And he's plus 10. Um, you know, when, when you, when you look at a player like him and, and you're talking about their defense, Jr. don't you think that he needs a certain type of player to compliment him, compliment him? Sure. I'm not saying he's not a good player. He's definitely a very good player, but, um, I I don't, I thought it was going to be a good move getting, Jake Muzzin in at, at, at one point, I thought he'd be a really good, steady defensive guy that will be tough in front of the net. I don't think Jake Muzzin has really turned out to be much in Toronto. Um, I, I just think they're, it, I, that defense would not scare me if I was going into a game. It wouldn't, it wouldn't make me, you know, afraid to go to the front of the net. Uh, I wouldn't, Justin Hall. I like Justin Hall, Travis Dermott, you know, uh, like Rasmus Sandin, Timothy Lilligren. Like they, they don't like their defense is going to be there. That's going to be their Achilles heel. Yeah. Yeah. But But I'm just wondering what happens. I mean, but this is my, this is my problem. There, there are a few teams in the national hockey league. Okay. That, that, play when they want to play. Okay. They decide, you know, whatever day that they feel like playing and, and then they'll turn it on and be totally focused, be totally committed to the, to the game, to the system, to finishing their checks, to doing the right thing. And then there are other days when that same team just comes and they're brain dead. They're just like, ah, go through the motions. They're not energized. There's two teams that I that I see that do this the most. It's Toronto and Washington. Mark my words. Mark my words. 
and look at the at the past history of the Washington Capitals. You take a look and see what their record is on Sundays. This fucking team comes on a Saturday or Sunday. Maybe on Saturday because they want to win so they can go out. I don't know. I'm just I'm just throwing bullshit here. But you you look at Sundays. This Washington Capitals team will lose it seems like 90% of the time because they don't even bother to show up. Is that your do you, is that your gambling theory too? Do you do you, do you take do It's you my gambling theory. It's my gambling theory. I don't care they could be they could be playing the Arizona Coyotes on Sunday at home and they get fucking trounced. And I don't know what it is about these two teams that for whatever reason they just they put their equipment on and they walk onto the ice thinking that, well, we could win this game just by talent alone. And then they get trounced and it's ugly. They don't eat I mean, it, it takes them 20 minutes before you even notice that they have skates on. Do you think and it's that age with Washington? You think age has anything to do with that? You know, Alice Ovechkin is, you know, yeah, he's having a probably. fantastic season, 62 points, 31 goals in 50 games, but he's also 36. You know, John Carlson's not a young guy. You know, um, who, Backstrom, Backstrom, Backstrom is not a young guy. I'm just I mean, wondering if be. the age factor in this team where they've kind of like, you know, you get to that certain age where the give a shit meter, because that a lot of the players on this team have won a Stanley Cup. I just, I, I wonder that, you know, I wonder I mean, where that, the that could be. Uh, that could be a really good, uh, I think, really good synopsis of what they go through in their minds. Number one, a lot of these guys and their top guys that you just said, they know what it takes to win a Stanley cup. They know what the effort is, right? So, so in a long season they, they could have the mentality is like, listen, we got to get to the playoffs. As long as we make the playoffs, you're going to have a chance to win. And, and maybe we turn it on to playoffs so we can we can have those off days and not be prepared all the time. But for us gamblers, we don't like to see the fucking teams not show up on Sunday when they're playing a team that they should that they should beat. Hey, and listen, I thought you know? I thought so you were just feeding us some some bullshit stat. Okay, I thought you were I thought you were just feeding us something. Okay. When you're like, go look at them on Sunday. So you know what I did while you two guys were rambling on? I went and looked at them on Sunday. They played 10 games this year on Sunday. What would you guess their record is, Jeremy? One and nine. Three and seven. So, I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> I just, I like, okay. All right. I'll, I'll accept that. And their last, hey, listen, uh, I, hey, listen, I, hey, listen, I'm not, I'm not the, I'm not the hockey guru, but I, I know my shit and I watch and I pay attention. Their last three Sunday time, games are games. They should have won. They lost four, one to Ottawa four, two to Vancouver. And then they lost in overtime to New Jersey. Those are three games that they yeah. should be winning. Even LA, the, the one before that, then they beat Carolina, beat Carolina, lost five, two to Seattle. And they won six one against five two to Seattle. And then they lost back to back Sundays in November and October and November in uh, uh, to Boston. You got something there, Jr. Yep. Interesting. It's an interesting stat. Um, So you know what? You you know you talk about what's going on around the league. So I watched a documentary the other day, 
it's a, uh, it's called downfall. It was about the Boeing. I don't know if you guys have seen this about the, the Boeing flights that crashed and how it was all, you got to see this. It they basically two planes crashed and 300 people died because, because of a, a stock price. Okay. Cause cutting corners to try to raise a stock price. Um, but that's besides the point. It just got me thinking, I mean, all the flights that we've been on, Dude, have you guys ever had any some have this you any a morbid conversation have you that ever had any scary moments yeah of course yeah. Shit. I, yeah. I remember dropping like a thousand feet straight down because we hit an air pocket and all the all the food even the people that the people that didn't have their 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 seatbelts on hit the hit the ceiling and people got hurt and it's like that that was not not fun no, and all of us, by the way, every, all three of us have been on a, on a team that has somebody on the team that is absolutely deathly afraid of flying. Riv, you and I had somebody on our team that could not stand flying, and that is Danny Boyle. Danny Boyle would sit on a plane, and his knuckles would be white because he'd be grabbing the holy shit handles in between them, right? And, and every time the plane would, would move, he'd be like, what's going on? What's going on? And what's they look out the window, they look up at the pilot, like, what's going on? <laughs> just through normal turbulence. And it's just so priceless watching that. But yeah. JR, do you remember do you remember the planes that we flew in in San Jose? Remember the owner of the team owned yep. the the, yep. the plane uh, company or whatever? And there was yep. only like there was only like four of them in they, he only owned four planes, right? And we we flew one of them. And they were the most beat up. It was like the bad news bears of planes, like should not have been on the runway whatsoever. And I'll never forget this. I got traded to San Jose in the 2000, I think in six, seven season. I'm with Billy G, Bill Guerin. Okay. Two, we just got traded to San Jose and we're sitting right at the back of the plane on the left-hand side. And, uh, you know, we can hear the, the ding, 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 you know, we're going to be taking off. So the plane's kind of moving, you know, to get to the, the tarmac so we can take off. And right before the, the plane started to accelerate, we started to put our belts on. Right. And I go and put my belt on. And then all of a sudden, Billy G goes to put on his belt and the whole strap comes completely off. He's holding his seatbelt <laughs> and guys are howling because this, this plane was like so below standard. It was off the chart. Like it was incredible. And uh, we're laughing our heads off and I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I'm used to flying, you know, air Canada, which is, you know, there it's, it's a, it's a great plane, great company, you know, this and that, that would never in a million years happen. No, but I'll never forget that. Like, I mean, talking about plane issues, like there was something oh that came down. There was something that came down in the bathroom right beside us, and there was there was wires hanging. Do you remember this? <laughs> I do remember. Do you that. remember this? I do, there I was do wires, I mean, and we're like yelling, like to the point before we take off. We're like, we can't. I remember that. Are, <laughs> like the ceiling fell out of the bathroom, so we're yelling up, and then all of a sudden, one of the flight attendants comes back. And then she went back up 
And then there was a, a, a little Mexican guy who came on there and we're all watching. We're all turned around. Like I'm literally, he's, yeah. he's less than a foot from me and we're, yeah, we're literally watching him. And, and we're did like, they tape it? did they tape it? Stop, stop. stop. So I'm sitting there looking at this guy. Going, <laughs> he's got to, he's got to rewire the plane. Like there's wires hanging down and, and we're like, what is he going to do with this? So he's sitting there looking and he's looking around, he's inside the bathroom. We're holding the door open, watching him. Like, what is he going to do with this? All of a sudden he reaches to the side, pulls out a thing of duct tape and just goes and pushes everything back up and then just off the plane. And we're all looking at each other stunned. This is, it was unbelievable. So, so it's not even, like, it's not just about when you're in the air there. We have, no, we have plane no. issues. Like uh, even when we're on the ground, it's, it's so I gotta, I gotta tell you one of the funny, one of the funniest things I ever saw on the, on the plane. And this is what back in the early Chicago Blackhawk days. So we're all sitting um, when we first, when we first start to charter. Okay. After we, cause we, we commercialed everywhere for the first four or five years. So I remember we're, we're chartering one game or maybe it was between back-to-back games when we did charter. Cause that's the only time that we did charter is when we went back to back. So we're taking off and Steve Thomas, Steve Thomas, good old stumpy. One of my favorite teammates um, gets uh, one of the serving trays. And I got, you guys have probably seen this happen. Gets one of the serving trays and goes up into the first class area and sits on the serving tray and the plane takes off. And when the plane takes off, Stumpy on the serving tray goes right through, from top, from front to back, going right down the hill, right by everybody. So everybody's like, a, and Stumpy goes sledding down the aisle from back to front. It was the funniest. What thing year I've ever is seen. this? Like this got to be early. Oh, this 90s. is early nineties. Oh, early nineties. This is like ninety two, ninety three, right around in there. And it was unbelievable because you know how wide an airplane aisle is. Yeah, he was in here like this, and he was all tucked in. He looked like the Olympic bobsledder, right? And he's like, he's all tucked in. He's like, straight from back to front. It was. Awesome. It was so funny. Times have changed. Stuff like that. Times have changed. Like oh my God. Uh, that's, that's pretty funny, man. I've, I've never seen that. I've never, I, I, you know what? In fact, I think, I feel like you've told us that story before. Oh, well, we were. Listen, so, so listen, so in, so in, in the credits, when we start, when we start the show, right. You put it on Twitter. It's gotta be airplane, airplane sledding. That's gotta be it. Airplane sledding, baby. We, we were, we were take, we lost in New Jersey one night. And this, this is what made me think of this when I'm watching this movie was, you know, like I hate flying. I I'm terrified of flying. And, but I, I didn't show it because I always felt like, man, if, you know, Hey, if, if, if we go down, I'm going down in the NHL, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like, I mean, I'm in the NHL, I'm going down with all my teammates. I mean, you know, who else would you rather go down with? You know what I mean? So I never really, I, I, I kind of got over it. I think, you know, all the flights, you, you start to realize, okay, these things are kind of safe, right? So we're flying out of New Jersey, out of Teterboro, and we're just, we're, and we're, we're in our, our 
ascent where we were literally just like climbing, climbing, climbing. And then all of a sudden out of nowhere, our plane just goes like almost like the power disappears. Okay. And we drop and, and we all thought we dropped like hundreds of feet, but really this, the nose of the plane just fell down. Okay. So I, so you, like we're, we're think about, think about the angle of a plane when you're, when you're on takeoff and then just imagine it just, just dropping. Okay. So it's a horrifying feeling in your stomach. Okay. Horrifying feeling. And I'm sitting next to a guy on the plane and we're watching a movie and in front of me was, I know it was Brian Campbell and another guy and everybody was silent. The flight attendants were silent. Like, cause they always say, if you want to know if anything's wrong in the plane, just look at the flight attendants. <laughs> if they're scared, be scared. Right. So we look back and they're just like, uh, we had this girl who was in charge of it and her name was Jess and she, everyone's everyone looking at Jess and she's just like, uh, I don't know what that is guys. I have no idea. I'll find out from the captain in a minute. And, and now we're just going really slowly. Okay. With, with like very little power, but we're just, we've stopped climbing and now we're just kind of buzzing along. And, um, and Brian Campbell yells, I saw sparks. Cause we're sitting right on the wing, right? We're sitting right on the wing and we're like, he's like, I saw sparks. I saw sparks. And now we're like, Holy shit. Like soupy says he saw sparks. We just dropped out of the sky. Two minutes go by. Maybe felt like an hour. Captain comes on. Sorry, uh, sorry for the scare there, guys. Uh, just a little abrupt level off. We had to make way for traffic into JFK, right? Because JFK has the right of way, right? We're just like a we're flying out of a little private airport, and uh, all of a sudden, guys are like, "Soupy saw sparks, eh? Bud saw sparks. <laughs> Probably saw your orange hair reflecting in the window." <laughs> like, but it was. I swear to God it was when we took off and we got smoked that night by Jersey. And I remember getting off the plane and I can't remember who it was that turned to me down at the bottom of the stairs. And he said, I don't care how bad practice is tomorrow. After the feeling I just had on that plane thinking I was going to die. Oh yeah. I don't, I don't care what happens, but anyway, that's like the only, that's the most scared. But I mean, I've, I've heard of guys flying around on teams and I didn't know JR if maybe you'd have or had this, but guys flying around on teams where they've actually had the oxygen mask come out. Like they've yeah. been, oh, they've, I've, I've yeah, seen, I've, I've seen, seen that before. Yeah. yeah I've seen was it a malfunction on your shitty San Jose plane or was it legitimately the mask came out because you guys were in trouble? I we, think it well, was, our mask came out when, when, when we dropped that big drop. Like I told you, all the masks came down, like everyone that really so hard going down. Yeah. It's was not, was not, not fun. I, I don't like that at all. Well, we'll, we'll, uh, well, I just remember we flew out of Colorado and we were flying home and we had to turn around because our door wouldn't close. We are front, the front yeah. door of the plane wasn't closed. You could feel the, have you guys ever, have you guys ever come down to land and you're just getting ready to land and all of a sudden go right back up a little touchdown that yeah, that's a shitty feeling too, because you know, you've just averted death. Yeah. Right. Like uh, for some reason, but you have no idea what happened. Definitely had that happen. I've definitely had that happen. Well, well, anyway, that's all I got for you today, Jr. I mean, to be quite honest, that was pretty good. That that was a fun show. We didn't even really talk about hockey. It was just (laughs) great. That was just that was. (laughs) We talked. Well, we 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 covered the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Washington Capitals pretty good. But besides that, we didn't talk about. I mean, sometimes there just isn't anything in the you know the the NHL isn't necessarily a great provider of content on a daily basis. I'll tell you that right now. 
That's a wrap on another episode of After the Whistle. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, After the Whistle, and at Craig Reve 52 at the Instigator76. And you can find us, as you already know, on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube, and anywhere else where you can get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to spread the word.